listen, I don't want to victim blame, but like, are, are, is it like clear water at this beach? Oh, like, it's got it's got to be. I mean, like, it's, I'm looking right now. It you, looks pretty bracket. How do you brackish. get snuck up on by a by a fucking tiger shark? Bro, you're in their territory. What do you mean? How do you get snuck well, you up on? If a fish, if a fish flops into your fucking house and you <laughs> stop <laughs> it, or do you no, think the fish are going? No, was wait, it clear air wait, the fish was in? Wait, how did yeah, the fish get snuck up on? You were a tuna. How did you not swim away through the air? No, Bro, I'm just he saying. He was in water. <laughs> what do you want him to say? Run around like a Looney Tune on top no. of the water and. Welcome to the A Better Way to a Podcast. We are your hosts, Jordan and Andrew. We're here with Lead and Steel, Ahmad and Garrett, and we are super pumped to have you guys. Is Garrett in the corner just like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the video's not He's recorded. He's waving to us. It's okay. Oh, You're yeah, allowed to wave. Recording. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's just so we can see each other. It's going to be audio-only release. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's we, there's so much editing that goes into these things at the end that... I don't know how people like Joe Rogan. I think he just well, has so many followers. Is the thing they have like people that they pay to, that all they do is edit and and post production pre production. But we can never play this from like. You could have just like, left it as I don't know how Joe Rogan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, same. Oh, how is Joe Rogan? How does Joe Rogan? <laughs> anyway, um, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. Appreciate you, man. I. I, I'm so pumped to have you guys. I was like, right after we got back from Woodland, excuse me, Woodland Brutality, I was like, well, we got to have these guys on. And uh, I never know how yeah, companies are, are situated. Like, I remember, um, I think it was Russell, because he's the one who has your optic on his PC, uh, on his on his PCC. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was talking about you guys, and I was like, "Is this just one guy?" And then it like hit me because I just because I'm one guy doing a better way to a. I think yeah. like every every small business is one guy, and I'm like, "There's no fucking way is. like this is yeah. one guy." Yeah, but uh, I'm glad we got two of you guys on on here. And uh, Thanks, do you man. why do you want to give are some? You the, like, are you the lead and steel OGs? Is this like your baby? Yeah, I mean, uh, Garrett is. Um, I, I want to call Garrett an OG because like he's hilariously he was he was the dude who like helped support all the projects on reddit when we first started and like he was always yeah. like i'll go through like if if i if i go through like my ship station order uh history and i just i search garrett it's like 50 orders you know that's awesome this guy just buying like edgar sherman shring, slings which fuck you for that because that's like a three percent more fuck you it costs me more to stock them than it is to make money off of them <laughs> that's hilarious Eventually, I was like, "Just bring me in. Like, I want to stop paying for this yeah, shit." Yeah, yeah. No, Gary straight up was like, "Hey, hey, Mister Big Business Boy, uh, when are you, when are you going to take this thing legit?" And I was like, "Okay, man, let's let's do this." Um, and so, yeah, but no, I mean, let and steal. I mean, I'll give you a little brief rundown, uh, and you know, just kind of go through the the gamut of, of who we are and what we do, and how we started. Uh, not to sound like a kleptomaniac, but I started let and steal uh, in my basement with a couple hundred bucks, and everything's been self-funded since. Thankfully, um, it's just a, a little extension, continuation of like my little hustler background as a kid. 
Uh, it's like the episode of The Office where like Dwight like sells beans and like trades up the cards and trades up to like a you know. Yes. <laughs> that's that's what. That's awesome. Life that's has the been. American dream, man. Exactly. Um, and so you know, when we were kids, we were like running our like uncle's liquor stores and cell phone shops and all this other stuff. Um, and you know that that's just that's how it was, right? Because like you grew up in an environment like. <laughs> Uh, immigrants and shit like there's no there's no formal business background there right there's there's no uh, uh, you know handbook there's no nepotism that can put you in spots so you just hustle until you find something that works um, and so you know for me it's uh, you know I, I did something I, I could never really like escape that as much as I wanted to like try to attempt school in a formal you know uh, you know setting there's always a part of that that kind of like you know hung in the back of my head like me you know maybe I could do something um, and so I decided to uh, start Lead and steel is a little reselling hop. I think um, like six or yeah, about six months before I started law school. And so, um, you know, it, it was just this little pet project side hustle. At one point, uh, we had uh, enough like third party resale uh, that I was, you know, uh, got a little swamped uh, between school and that. So uh, I asked my, my cousin Tofik to hop on. Uh, and uh, helped me out with order fulfillment. So like here I am studying case law and then here he is, you know, next to me putting vice blocks on a priority mailer and then asking me about like customer service questions or whatever, like stupid little things. And like I suckered <laughs> him in, I was like, bro, it's easy. Like you can hop in, like you listen to Joe Rogan, like well, whatever the Zoomers do, right? And like, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, like, till this day he brings it up and he's like, you told me this would be a job where I could listen to podcasts. You know, and here I am assembling bolt carrier groups. How dare you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Right. Uh, and so it's been a blessing since, man. But like we we just kept rolling the liquidity, the funding. Uh, we went through a bunch of garbage. Like we got rocked by fraud. We, um, you know, recently, yeah, we got rocked by like Internet fraud. And then we were also defrauded from like another defense contractor recently. So I literally just what? like submitted. <laughs> yeah, dude, some, some asshole out of uh, Dayton. I, I literally like as soon as I got signed into the Ohio bar, I'm like, I'm going to litigate against this motherfucker immediately. And so we immediately sent you get him service. Of, yeah. I mean, we served him with process. So we'll see if he's going to, um, you know, uh, represent himself pro se, which he has a history of doing, which is perfect for me. Cause if I can just get a <laughs> judgment, I'll just liquidate everything he has left, whatever he has left. If he has Damn. Left. So, um, but regardless, um, you know, not to keep distracting everyone on random tangents, but, um, you know, the, the company, please. yeah, uh, the, Sorry, it's, it's always a little awkward talking about yourself and the company and stuff like that, but I'm getting better at it. Um, so we're, you know, we, we're, we're in a position where we got to a position where we kept, you know, flipping purchase orders of inventory and product from like third party uh, manufacturers. We operated on very thin margins. You know, we could have done things far more efficiently knowing what I know now and, you know, our network and capabilities like we could have scaled this thing super fast. But still, you know, in the couple of years that we're running it, I'm very happy with where we are. We just made enough money to, you know, start our own little pet project. And as soon as that happened, I took to securing a contract engineer after doing as much legwork as I could do with my younger brother, who's a mechanical engineer now. He works for GM. But, um, you know, back then, before he was doing auto design, he was in school and helping me try and design the LP1. Um, and so the, the, the general uh, intent there was let's bring a product to market that checks as many boxes as possible, but isn't really anything that's revolutionary because you still want to sell the product. You just want to provide a variation, an idea. Hey, this is my right, take. Right. This is what Ahmed thinks is the, you know, 
uh, best product that we can bring to market, you know, given the nature of the limitations of manufacturing and stuff. And so uh, we did a lot of design, a lot of finite element analysis. We had general concepts. We had uh, some component sourcing. We just needed to make the money to, to, to polish it and obviously, you know, purchase the components and start start the shit ourselves, do what we can do. Uh, and we found a gentleman who is now my chief design officer. I'm very humbled to have on the team, just as I am with Garrett. I love Garrett's ego all the time, but like truly the talent that we have is what keeps me going because my uh, consultant uh, operations guys, one of my closest friends said it today best. Um, he said that the company's equity and value right now is nothing. Its value is the people. Um, that's what derives the company value. And right now it's the talent uh, that's steering the, you know, the company. So Drew, uh, as our chief design officer, we found him. He gave us the, uh, uh, the last like 20%, if you will, which is the most important. Uh, Drew is a mechanical engineer like my brother, and he has a master's in industrial design, and he's a Green Beret. Uh, and so uh, he has uh, excellent, yeah, he's, yeah, the guy is a needle in a haystack. Um, and so, you know, he, um, yeah, everything he touches turns to gold. He's, you know, been a part of multiple companies and scaled them. Uh, and, and he was kind enough to donate his time to see the passion that we bring to the project and uh, how we're trying to approach the Second Amendment and the community that we're trying to create behind it. And he was like, man, this is, um, this is brilliant and I want to be a part of it. And so since then, he's been helping us from that perspective. Um, we uh, took the LP1 live after Garrett helped us with a little bit of marketing um, and a little bit of hype. We sold out in like 60 seconds in October of last year. Um, and just this month, we finally caught up with all the pre-orders and back orders. That's awesome. Um, it's been it's been great. It's been as perfect as you can reasonably expect a product launch to go. You know, we had to maybe a couple of like in, um, you know, mid-generation rolling changes just for like some uh, clearing up some headaches for some particular users. But by and large, the, LP, the LP1 has been nearly a perfect uh, product launch, which I'm very thankful for. That's all you can ask for, man. Yeah. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. Uh, and with that, you know, it uh, helped open up the floodgates to a bunch of other product ideas that we've always envisioned, but not been able to bring the market the biggest uh one that is right around the corner well a couple that are right around the corner the first one being the arc or the all-rounder carbine that's like our own little ar-15 that's um uh, as novel as you can make an ar-15 from like uh, materials and functionality perspective uh, i believe um and then past that is our acro competitor that's the uh, pandora um which i can you know get into the technical details of that but realistically it's you know, it gives you the window size and architecture of the Steiner MPS with the battery life and durability characteristics of the Acro P2 at a cheaper price point than both of them. Uh, and so wow. like the LP1, it's very much a no-brainer because we are still a new company and it's hard to get people on board. And so we really want them to be like, okay, listen, it, you know, it's not only on price, it's not only on feature set. You know, I, I you know, although we don't have the company reputation yet, we're building it, thankfully. It's, uh, we want people to be able to spend uh confidently knowing that they're going to get a product that's backed uh and that's going to deliver so yeah those are the two big ones we're working on a bunch right now uh there's a lot that's coming we have probably the most probably the busiest upcoming two quarters that we've ever had in terms of product launches um garrett can attest to this we have maybe a conservative estimate of like 15 products that we need to launch um this includes like variations of the all-rounder carbine our upcoming like value-minded uh, ar-15 that does everything an ar-15 should um at a very attractive price point called the JAG, or Just As Good. Uh, that was my VP's uh, idea. Nice. Hilarious little acronym. 
Um, and then, uh, you know, like I said, we have the Pandora. We have an Elcan competitor. Optical design for that should be done next month, end of next month. Um, so that's kind of bringing the Elcan into the 21st century. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, uh, it's it's a, it's an exciting project because it's, you know, uh, some guys um, look at the Elcan as like a cheat code. You know, and really it was something truly revolutionary when it first came out, like some 15, 20 years ago or whenever the hell Raytheon introduced it. Um, but, uh, you know, by and large, the concept has been replaced by LPVOs. So why not see if we can bring it back in a way that makes it make sense, um, you know, in favor of an LPVO, be it durability characteristics, uh, eye box, um, illumination, that sort of stuff. Durability, of course. Yeah. Hell yeah. 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 yeah, I think the Elcan competitor kind of surprised us both because we're, you know, we're pretty active in our, our Reddit yeah. community. Um, we try yeah. and get a lot of feedback, you know, from from our customers and what people want to see. I mean, you know, we were leaning more towards like, you know, Prism, stuff like that. And Ahmad just kind of casually mentioned like, oh, hey, I think we could make a better Elcan. And immediately everybody's like, no, that's what we want. Yeah. And yeah. I think we both yeah. kind of took a step back and be like, man. okay, like, yeah. cool. Yeah, this is what the market wants. Yeah, it's got some unique characteristics, right? Like, you know, it's, it's not just like a one to four, you know, it's, it's like, it's got, it's, it's, it's a one, one, uh, like a one X, a true one X or a four X. Right. And there's something weird about it where it's, it's, it's like, you're not compromising on either one. No, no, you're not just magnifying the focal plane. You're, you're physically changing the prism that's that's used uh, so when you click that one to four you're, you're moving glass around inside the the, the optical housing uh, which is right. wow. also pretty cool and um, it also it, it's if i remember correctly when you're zeroing it uh you zero it, the entire housing that's right that's that's what which, it was which we're, we're doing the the exact same thing because you know traditionally when you have wind and elevation dials act on the focal plane or the reticle right which is where the etched reticle sits you're moving it around ever so slightly uh, that it, while it sits inside uh, what's called a, uh, an erector tube, okay, and said nice. erector tube, yeah, nice, nice. Every time, dude, I can't it's say like it giggling at fart jokes. Yeah, um, so <laughs> uh, the tube, as we call it, is like a little toilet paper roll that sits inside your housing, uh, and that's where you know most of like uh, what you see through is is what you're looking through is that the, this little miniature tube sitting inside the housing tube, and so the windage and elevation dials is moving are moving this entire tube to move the reticle. And, you know, ironically, the Aimpoint Acro P2 works in a similar manner. Uh, and so you can't do that with the LCAN because you have, you know, two pairs, two sets of uh, prisms inside. And so what you can only do is solve for the consistency and the flip of the prism to be in the exact same position every single time between 1X and 4X. And to get a consistent zero between the both of them, you just move the entire housing. Want, you know, so if you you move windage or elevation up and down, the entire housing is actually clicking and moving and staying detented where it should be, uh, so that when you switch between one to four, you're not playing with the zero. Uh, the optic has not moved. Yeah. Right. And so it, it, it's we go back and forth on a couple of the design elements. You know how how far do we want to take this? How proprietary do we want to take it? But like optical design is is a brilliant thing in its own right, and I and I applaud our engineers uh, for being able to work on this stuff the way they are because. You know, when I took optics and stuff, physics in class, dude, I, this shit just like, you know, it put me to sleep and I never really prioritized it. 
Uh, I was like, oh, I better go to medicine. I would be a doctor. Who gives a shit about physics? Right. Obviously, you know, that, <laughs> that shit happens. And here I am, you know, hearing my Turkish professor yell at me about focal plane. Right. Uh, and it's like, damn, I wish I paid a little more attention. But yeah, dude. Um, but yeah, like Garrett said, it was hilarious. Like I, everyone, like people who commented, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I really want the ACOG killer. That's awesome. And then they go back to it and everyone like brings up amazing points about you know, doing the LCAN and then they'll edit their comments like, you know what? I really want the ACOG competitor, but you should do the LCAN first. <laughs> yeah, because you know, so there's was... already ACOG competitors out there, but there's nobody trying to update the LCAN Spectre ish yeah. as as far as I know. Yep. Yeah. And you know, that's that's a double edged sword because like yeah, I'll, I'll get I know I'm certain I'll have people that are listening to this and being like, well, there's no one attempted the LCAN for a reason, you know, because it's like a, a you know, obsolete design, for example. Uh, and to them, I say, uh, hold on to your socks, bub, you know? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, that's, uh, that's crazy, man. Like the, the Reddit community has been something brilliant for us. Like they really did help build, they really did build my business because it's like, right. So you know, and, and when you say the Reddit community, you're talking about gun deals, right? Yeah. It's about gun deals and our own little subreddit that we've been trying to curate right. because like at one point, like. You know, thankfully, we became like a consistent supplier of, of cool third-party products. We operated on tight margins, but we had great customer service and obviously like relatability. Like I, I was more than willing to sacrifice some internet privacy um, in, you know, um, uh, for, for, for the decent trade of, of having people support the business and support us as a company. And it worked great because I realized I can just treat people on the internet the way I treat people in real life. And obviously, you know. Imagine not- that. Yeah, right. Uh, and not be some weird, like, uh, you know, corporate HR speak rep uh, and, and do still fine in business, you know. Uh, and there's there's a way that I'm beginning, uh, you know, obviously anyone who's, who's been on Reddit knows, like, you know, there's a way you communicate with Reddit communities that you otherwise would never communicate with in a formal corporate setting, because these are people who see through bullshit. And you have the, the power and the beauty of anonymity on the Internet. And so people are far more direct with you with feedback. Uh, and so it makes you, for better or worse, more bulletproof company with a better operation, um, and one that's you know a little more transparent. But the upside is that you scale that much quicker because you're because because you're you're that much more like you have that much more integrity as a result of their their help. So anyhow, I've been monologuing a lot, but Reddit really did. No, you're fine. Yeah, it really did help uh, build you know lead and steel, uh, and I'm thankful to all those guys who helped, and frankly, all the guys who like. Like it, it was purely based off of reputation. Like if I had just pulled up and was like, "Hey, what's up, guys? Y'all don't know me. Here's an optic that I'm making for three hundred bucks. We wouldn't have gotten shit for right. sales." But it was because people trusted us with previous optics that and, and and products that we sold and shipped them and delivered on that they were willing to give us a chance. Yeah, uh, and that's all it took, man. Uh, well, the the people great. of gun deals, you, you give them, you give them good deals. You give them provably good prices. Like they will carry you, man. Like they, yeah, yeah. those those people are loyal. Yeah, dude, I, I had someone, I, I had my uh, message pull up in our general group chat of someone who just posted on like uh, a couple other subreddits and he had like a photo of his like URGI with an LP1. He's like, yo, this thing's a serious contender. And like that just made me, made me like so happy because I was like, man, you know, these people are like going out of their way to like, you know, say kind things about us. Same guys like like Russell, whom you met at you know, Woodland Brutality. I had yeah. Jordan actually, as, as stalkery as this sounds, I'm going to send you some photos. Um, I had my buddy uh, who uh, went to Michigan law um, and uh, he, uh, 
he took a photo of you, doesn't know who you are, doesn't, <laughs> but he's like, yo, this dude is running an LP1. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. I heard about this. I think <laughs> yo, you told me this, actually. I, yeah, I was like, that's crazy. That's insane. And I zoom in and I'm, I see the fucking mustache and I'm like, that's fucking Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> dude, this mustache has completely, uh, has like eclipsed my personality. It doesn't matter who I am as a person anymore. <laughs> People are like, you look that. really familiar. Do I know you from somewhere? I'm like, I'm kind of an internet person. Like maybe. Yeah. Yeah, on the internet. I'm a know. niche micro celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna dude, send I'm, this. I'm gonna send this to you. This is the worst angle because you look like such a dork in this. But dude, that's literally know, every that's angle. angle. What are you talking about? No, 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 no. Trust me. No. But that's dude. See? I love this picture. <laughs> show me, show me, show me, show me, show me, show me, show me. I literally just standing there like, hey guys, I got my healthy one. <laughs> Look at his Dude, face. I'm sitting there like somebody plopped me down like a Monopoly character. Yeah, <laughs> I'm standing there. Anyhow, oh, man. Anyhow, I was expecting man. like a picture from the back, but that's a front. Yeah, that's, you, yeah how did he even get like, I must have been deep in yeah, conversation or something. Close, dude. This guy yeah. was, yeah. yeah. He was in your bubble. He was in your I'm going to send him this podcast and he's going he's gonna to sit there and be like, why do you keep name dropping me? I work for Big Law. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll put his we'll put his full name and his uh, home address yeah, in the show. Exactly. Name. His position. Yeah. We I'm can sorry. we can bleep out his name if you want yeah, us to we'll bleep, bleep out his name. Out. Forgive me, dude. So I just said it four times in a row, so that'll be four bleeps. Or just one long bleep. Yeah. No, no, four four specific okay, four individual ones. Uh-huh. Okay, so y- y'all success on Reddit, do you feel like that was like situational for you? Or do you feel like any new storefront uh, would benefit from from getting on gun deals or, or making their own subreddit and trying to like build that kind of like uh, community. You know, I, I think about that because look, there is no dollar amount that I can put on that. Um, but at the same time, there weren't very many dollars that we made, right? Because you know how the Reddit gun deals community is. If someone beats pricing, let's say they, you know, if they sell something below cost, right? Like I know Brownells recently had, had like a fire sale on KE Arms, which is, you know, dumb as fuck. Because yeah. it's like, you know, you are devaluing the brand that you're reselling at your, the cost of your own bottom line. Because like, okay, you see a KE Arms lower for like $120, right? When it, it, it probably costs more to make the thing than $124, right? But, but realistically, the, you know, the, the gun dealers community will say, hey, that's the floor part price, you know? Like yeah. we now know that if you pay more than this dollar amount, you're getting a bad deal. Yeah. Right? Damn, Which that's hard, tough. Right? Yeah. So it's hard. For brand devaluation purposes, it's difficult. Right. Um, and, you know, that was something that we battled because it's, it's like buyer psychology. Right. When I first when I first came to market with, L, with the LP one, we hit it at two seventy five. That was the intro price, mainly just to like really get people on so we could help with the you know manufacturing funding. Right. Um, <clears throat> and so we knew we were going to have to restock and when we we're going to restock. We we're going to need even more you know component, more assembly, more labor. Right. And so, um, you know, that took money. And the problem is that people began to compare us to like hollow sum. Right. And yeah. so when I when I began yeah, to sell sure. the LP one for what I actually wanted to sell it for, which is profitable when you include like your material costs, your operating expenditures, you know, freight, labor, all that stuff. Right. We're actually asking a pretty, you know, fair price point for the quality of the optic. Um and uh there's still a little bit of that, oh, you should just buy a Hollow Sun five twelve or a Sig Romeo, whatever. Uh, because you know, they're similarly priced or whatever. And it's like these are completely different classes of optics. Right. And I'm not saying that as like just being biased here. I'm talking from a material selection well, perspective. And yeah, I mean, control. it's like, what do you want to do with it, right? Like, 
you know. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. If you're just shooting at the range, bro, cool. Get whatever you want. Get, right, get your hundred dollar exactly. holler from you know Bass Pro Shops. I don't care, right? Uh, but if if you need a large window, large reticle, durable red dot that's going to help you like you know establish a sight picture around cover, not the perfect ch- you know chin weld or, or cheek weld, or you know and have night vision settings and super bright data. All that I mean, I'm selling my shell my shit here. Apologies, but like realistically. No, it's fine. There, there's, there are not many optics out there that check all the boxes that we check. That's why we attempted to hit the market. Otherwise, we'd just be cheap rebranders, you know. And it's even more so with the Pandora, and it'll even hopefully be more so with like even more proprietary products like the Elcan Killer, yeah, right, um, and the All American Made Red Dot, where it's going to be sourced yeah. and assembled here. Um, and so, like, you know, it's to answer your question, um, you know, it's we didn't make a ton of money. But what we did receive in return was a priceless following that is always straight with us and direct with us uh, and and genuinely wants to help us succeed. Customer uh, service is literally everything because because you can't you can get beat on everything else. You can get beat yeah. on price. You can get beat on like shipping speed. Yeah. Uh, you know, availability, yeah. all that stuff. But customer service yeah. is like the one thing you have control of. And for sure. Yeah, it, it's hard. And like company reputation, especially as a startup, is very sensitive. Like I. I have, I, there's like this guy who like has like a YouTube channel. I'm not going to name drop him, but like he like reviews a bunch of optics. Right. Um, and he, he like, uh, he picked up an LP one at back order with, uh, like an ETA of, of, uh, quarter three or quarter two. Uh, and you know, he saw that we had given away an LP one to like an influencer and he's like, aren't you guys taking back orders for these? And I was like, yeah, like if you look at your receipt, it says when it's, we're expected to give it to you. Like we, like we have every right to keep warranty units on hand or influencer marketing units on hand or whatever the heck it is. But like you bought it knowing full well, it's going to be a while before it comes, you know, and it gets delivered. Right. So that was his like sticking point. And then when we finally got a unit out to him, like he shot the absolute piss out of it, which is great. They're made to withstand, you know, 50 cal back and forth recoil vectors over and over again with no problems, 12 gauge, right. All that stuff. Um, but, you know, he messaged us, like he talked about the optic, how he liked it. And we were like, cool, awesome. Do you need like pistol optics? Because I'd love to just like send you like a Pandora to get your honest take on it because you're a high volume shooter and that's good for us. He's like, dude, I really need pistol optics. I would love to do that. Thank you. Whatever. Heck yeah. And then, um, you know, we have that back and forth already. And then after I assume some drop tests uh, and some, you know, recoil tests, he had like this weird refresh uh, rate issue with his emitter. Uh, on his LP1, and I'm like, oh, okay, it's probably just a defective emitter. It happens occasionally, but sometimes you'll take a look at it after you collimate it, and like you go through the settings, and you'll get a weird refresh rate because there's something wrong with the diode, right? So you just swap out the diode, you're fine, right? Uh, but instead of talking to us about that, he just goes on Instagram and just blasts us and says, hey guys, pretty neat feature that you have here where it's like, you know, this got this refresh rate issue on your LP1. It's like, dude, you can't just tell it like you can you can share it please share it with your you know with your audience that's totally great like, please, you know be forthright with it but like don't try to leverage us for a negative reaction just to grow your following like that's just low you know that's low uh so yeah needless to say we will not be sending him a pandora <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah i mean not to just get out here and like bitch about people but like this is this unfortunately this is the industry uh much of it is this way uh people are willing to take a look at a company with a sensitive early you know reputation and just like shit on it for their benefit um you know hope i'm not coming off as too entitled here but you know it's hard because like you work hard. no i think that's reasonable yeah it's i think literally I, what i was just thinking this dude's yeah. so entitled yeah like the, my team works <laughs> really hard like you know they get paid peanuts some of whom don't get paid at all <clears throat> well, this is and this is such a social media problem right where it's like it, it, you you didn't want to name drop the guy that's fine but I'm guessing 
that this is not a dude with like millions of subscribers. No, it's not. I think people see through the the drama, you know? Right, right. And, you know, I'll, I'll see some like wild takes and like bold claims from people who are like, I'd never heard of before this, like one issue that they're seizing on. And yeah. I feel like that's one of the one of the dangers of of trying to like navigate the social media landscape as a small business yeah. is that like people can like make a name for themselves on like trashing like one product uh, you know yeah. that, that and, and they don't understand how deeply um, you know lethal it could be to a startup like I've got yeah. I've got twelve paychecks I got twelve livelihoods that care right about my company and and invest in my brand that I got to make sure I meet payroll for every month. Right. And if and if I have someone who's going out of their way just to weaponize their own following to get in the way of that and damage my reputation, now this shit's personal for me, you know? Yeah. Uh, because like the, the, these guys worked way too hard and for too long to bring too good of a product to have a shot on by some guy with a mediocre following. So like, you know, it's it's, it's pain in the butt, bro. But that's that's how that's how mean the industry can be. Like the, like there are a bunch of like fantastic ideas, fantastic ideas that guys just go out of the way to be like, no, F this guy. Don't don't buy this. It's a piece of crap or whatever. Uh, it's like just follow let me for more hot takes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyhow, I've been monologuing. All fairness, though, like this, this you know, situation aside, the reception has been like mind blowing for me. Coming in like Mental. outside the company and jumping in a few months before the LP one launch, and you know, the folks that have received units to have you know, essentially our first foray into the optics, and people are like, oh, dude, this thing's fucking amazing. Like it's perfect. Mm-hmm. It's just like. Well, shit like i was expecting something to have to like tweak or rework but yeah i mean the you know the fanfare we got out of the gate with this has been you know amazing and it's motivating to just kind of keep going of like cool if you guys love it like we'll keep supplying you with what you want just let us know yeah so yeah. you know yeah there's a couple bad instances with it but you yeah. know the very groups that have had it so far it's just yeah yeah, yeah. i'll uh, and, i mean you'll see a mod on all the social media he responds to Sometimes more than he should, but yeah. at the same time, like, he's there. If you want to talk to a mod, like he's not hard to find. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know I, I respond to everyone. If I don't respond to someone, it, it's usually because not ignoring them, I just forget or I lost them in the messages or whatever the heck it is. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, like I'll give you a small anecdote, dude. I had I had a guy. Um, uh, his name's Wayne, right? He was part of the initial batch that sold out within sixty seconds, and he copped an LP one. And out of nowhere, I get a message from a guy with like a big, you know, social media following. Uh, and he's like, uh, hey, man, uh, I got your LP1. Can you show me how to adjust the mount so I can get it tied around my rail? Uh, and I'm like, sure, here you go, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. He's like, wow, this guy's an influencer. Like, he's huge. And he got an LP1. Turns out this is the guy. He's he's the operator in Call of Duty uh, named Zeus. Like, he's one of the clips. <laughs> what? Right? Yeah, straight up. Right. And like, guys, guys, he's he's a uh, he's a contractor. Um, he, uh, he told me, he's like, I just pulled this off my service weapon. I was overseas. It was battle tested multiple times. <laughs> I'm alive. And, and, and the LP one, you know, kicked ass and it was there when I needed it. And I was like, oh my God, this shit got deep fast. Yeah. <laughs> that's intense, man. <laughs> that's awesome. So, that's yeah. A, and a, like, it's, yeah. So, you know, all the testimonial. Pretty cool. Yeah. Genuine. Uh, that guy's awesome. So yeah. Get, get Tell him, us little yeah. buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I I really like y'all's emphasis on uh, durability, because I feel like there's I feel like any optic, any modern optic today is reliable, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like 
budget optics are necessarily durable. That's correct. Um, and and I, I I think that that really I think that that really sets you in a in a different kind of like market than like the 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 Romeo Five that you can get for like a hundred bucks. Yeah. No offense yeah. to Romeo Fives because I have a bunch of them, but yeah. You know. mm-hmm. Is part of that like it, you guys have that protective shield on the or so it looks like uh, on the outside of the LP one that I noticed yeah. that I thought was a really good like it's like a hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, there's <clears throat> there are um, a sure, among only, other things. Yeah, I mean, but there 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 are a bunch. Of, there's a bunch of stuff that goes into it. The sacrificial hood certainly is is a, a component of that. Um, you know, not the most significant, but certainly one that that helps. Uh, but you know, there's, there's a cornucopia of like optics manufacturers out there. You guys know this, but there are not very many optic OEMs, people who are actually sealing, purging, quality controlling the optics. Uh, and frankly, most of that, uh, labor is done in Asia, uh, even for some of the largest defense contractors, even stateside. Uh, because we've poached a couple people, we have some trade secrets. I mean, I can assure you, like a lot, a lot of these guys that operate with so quote quote very compliance get around it by saying it's assembled in the United States, right? So like they'll get truckloads of stuff that come into their warehouse bay. Everyone's on an NDA, and you know they they just run through the gamut and they call it, hey, it's American sourced and American made. It's like no, it's not. You know you should be honest about your sourcing, which is fine. You know attack the lower price point. That's what we're doing right now. You know we source overseas with a bunch of our components because we can't afford to source stateside. Right. But at one point, I'm going to diversify the SKUs. I'm going to add a fully American made red dot, one that's sourced and American made. And I'm going to siphon the LP1 over to Asian manufacturing. And I'm going to probably lower the price of the LP1. So I don't price people out and say, hey, if you want the American made one, you pay 450 bucks, 500 bucks, whatever. And you want the cheaper one that's going to get you all the durability you need without breaking the bank, you pay a couple hundred bucks. Right. Yeah. Uh, and because, like, because look, man, I, I go through the payment processor occasionally and I'll see what the, you know, uh, I'll see what the card declines are, and a significant portion of them are insufficient funds. And I'm like, holy sh- crap! These people are trusting me with the last pesos that they have in their bank. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. And so, like, dude, I got to deliver for these guys, and I can't yeah. price them out, and I can't raise my prices even if I want to. Right. And so, the whole point is to be able to give them that level of durability, like you're talking about. But you know, onto the LP1 itself, like, you know. Uh, and the reason why I brought up the whole competitor, you know, manufacturing thing is because no one's actually doing any optic innovation, right? Uh, the only optic innovators are the couple of engineers that exist in every optics house in Asia uh, that will come up with something and solicit some ideas from a bureaucratic large defense contractor. And then they'll say, oh, yeah, we like this or oh, we want to implement this or whatever the heck it is. Um, and so you'll see, I'm not going to name drop anyone, but you'll see like a lot of these like previously Amazon pop-up shops who are now gaining some notoriety with some following thanks to some professional photography and influencers. I'll see that exact same optic that they're running on a Glock, right? And I'll be solicited by a Chinese optics manufacturing factory that says, hello, Mr. Ahmad, I know you do business with this contractor for housings and this contractor for molds and this contractor in Japan for glass and this contractor for emitters. We can do everything all at once and we can do it at a smaller price, at a lower price. And here are some of the optics and OEMs that we manufacture for, because there are no IP protections or ex, you know ex, ex, you know exclusivity agreements that are honored overseas, right? Like this is American law that we're talking about. And so you see all the trade secrets of these guys. Like I, I know where their magnifiers are made. I know where their red dots are made. And I can see the OEM supplied drawing. And I can see that all this company did is laser engrave their mediocre logo of like a fish or whatever on it, right? And slap it and, and charge six <laughs> x. 
right? Like one of one of the big one of the big pushes that we had when we jumped into uh, the the manufacturing side was, you know, we had a competitor optics manufacturer who we we were reselling for at the time at very tiny margins. Uh, after it was all said and done, tell us that hey, you know, you're effectively um, you know uh, outranking us on SEO. We can't have that happen. You don't have a storefront, and so we're gonna raise <laughs> your, we're gonna we're gonna raise your prices because you don't have a brick and mortar by twenty percent because we want to maintain an even playing field for the online resale, right? Uh, and you know, their argument was, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do, stop buying from us? And I was like, yes. I contacted the factory that makes their optic, and I said, hey, we pay $212 for this individual unit. How much does it cost me to make it? And they said $54 or $59 or something Let's like that. Let's go. I was, like, I was like, this is hilarious. Like, the margin that they're making is stupid. It's downright, like, you know, cynical. So I was like, well, I'd have enough meat in the bones to not only increase material quality, material selection, but also lower price and still make enough money. And our operations smaller, our operating expenditures aren't as large, right? And we have a more dedicated team. And so um, that's what we did. And so like the LP1, not to keep ranting about this, you know, you have the 6,000 series aluminum hood. So it has a little bit of that lower, you know, uh, yield compression ratio compared to the, um, uh, 7,000 series aluminum that makes up the housing. And so it like crumples, you know, uh, a little bit. So it absorbs some of the kinetic energy, buys the operator a couple more newtons or joules. Uh, and then you have a hardy 7,000 series aluminum uh, housing. And on top of that, the housing is designed in, in a way to redirect some of the kinetic energy, uh, especially with a more distributed load impact, larger surface area impact, which is what you can expect when you drop your rifle and drop your optic. It's not always going to land perfectly in the middle, in the center, at the top of the hood or whatever. And so, yeah, more important than material selection is design. You know, I see a lot of these designs and I'm like, this is just aesthetics. This is not kinetic energy redirection. This is not optic, uh, you know, uh, hardiness, if you will. This is really just, it looks cool. Uh, and so what happens is these super expensive, super nice optics will take a tumble and will immediately die. Like I remember when the Comp M5 first came out, that optic uh, had from Aimpoint, not to show on Aimpoint, you know, everyone loves Aimpoint, but like, uh, I could tell, you know, maybe maybe destructive impact testing wasn't at the forefront of this because, like, they had they have their you know their their optic you know window, and then on the top right you have the battery housing for the AAA battery. Well, what happens when that part takes a freaking impact? Obviously, that that area where the cell is housed is the first yeah. to take impact, and when that goes, you know, your optic goes with it, and that's all it took was one drop test before the wiring was cut off, and then you know that's the the cell is no longer supplying power to the circuit, and this nine hundred dollar Swedish aim point is dead. Right. And so it's like, come on, like these are some large faults that you have to be able to account for. Don't get me wrong. There's always going to be something with an optical design, some fault, but like, yeah. Anyhow, I've been ranting for 50 minutes. No, you, so. You're good. You're, we, we, we had you on here to talk, um, yeah. but I, I do want to know. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the origin of the idea for the, for the Promethean, mm -hmm. did, was that part of the reason you started lead and steel? Like, did you always have in mind making an optic or, or was it like after getting into the, to the, the resale business, you were, you were inspired when you, once you started figuring out like what, what the actual like process of creating optics would be. It's a good question. Uh, small arms resale sucks. Small arms manufacturing sucks. Margins on that always, they're always tight. Uh, we have the all round carbine in the Jag because we want to be able to show people that we can, and look at our manufacturing capabilities, look at what we can bring to the table. The same philosophy can apply uh, to your rifle as well. So it wasn't until I had the initial push of that optics distributor telling me, hey, we're going to raise your pricing that I say, okay, as because I'm a petty son of a bitch, 
I'm going to do this and I'm going to play this game better than you. That's why I went into optics. It was really out of pettiness, right? Because it was like, I see your guys' margins. Uh, I see how you're screwing over your dealer network and how much money you're making. I mean, we're talking 5X on the dealer, right? Um, not even like B2C on the actual end consumer. Uh, and so, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do this better. I'm going to kick you guys in the dick and that's just hard headedness. Right. But it was part of what got us in there because it's like, okay, the margin's so fat, significantly large. I can, I can't think of a single firearm, not even the goddamn high point has a five X ROI. Right. Uh, and so I'm okay with significantly less than that. If it means I can still get a healthy margin, still pay my guys, still eventually put myself on payroll while bringing some of the best products to market, uh, with some of the best talent behind us and giving these guys the middle finger and anyone else who thinks they can have this, because this is, this is a shared conglomeracy. Like my emitters, the tool of cost for a custom emitter, whether it's an LP1 in any color, red, gold, yellow, whatever, from the emitter manufacturer, the diode manufacturer is the same cost. It's going to cost you about like 30, 40 grand to get you a custom uh, emitter, let's just say, right? Uh, in like five, six months of development time, okay? So realistically speaking, it doesn't cost me more to purchase green diodes from the manufacturer than it would red. Why is it that every optics manufacturer will charge an extra 50 bucks for a green LED over a red one? Because it's a fake margin that's added because people's psychology says, oh, green is worth more, right? So <laughs> we saw that and we're like, okay, we're never going to charge more for green ever. It's going to be the exact same price, right? Because we want to show people why they're being had. And the same level of transparency, sometimes, like Garrett said, too transparent, too uncomfortable, will bring outside of Reddit. Uh, because we want people to see that we're legit and we're here for them. And this is how it runs. And this is why they can trust us, you know? So, yeah, to answer your question. <clears throat> Margins on rifles suck. Margins on optics are better. Uh, but you can't just expect to stick around if you implement a hype strategy with affiliate marketing and cool logos. You got to show some ingenuity, you know? For sure. Yeah. Love hype, though. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're about to get into some hype beast crap. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Much yeah. Yeah. this may. I don't know how any of that stuff works. I would love to figure that shit out one day. But you, you need a hype man. You need a hype man. I need a hype man. I need Dude, some, you can do it, man, with the podcast, bro. Baller. Yes. Yeah, we, we, we're I, like I buy a hoodie, dude, for eighty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> we're only gonna make one exclusive. Yeah, yeah. I never Super made it exclusive. Yeah. So I just I'll... ordered a shirt for myself because I'm I'm doing a class. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, I'm doing a class and I ordered a polo trying to be super professional and it came in all jacked up. So I was like, well, what can I get like super quick? And I oh, and I you made the, like, you got the print on demand ones. The Yeah, yeah. Some some shirts I can just do on demand and order like a one off. And uh we we just had like a Jurassic Park logo. I, I did the a better way to a yeah logo, but on on Jurassic Park. The Jurassic Park logo, but with a better way to a, and I just put that on the back of a T-shirt and made like the better way to a logo on the chest, the same colors, and I was like, "That's what I'm rocking with." I'm just, I'm doing oh, that, yeah. and it's gonna be my one and only shirt like that. And uh, it, dude, violate that trademark. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Once you once you wear it, don't wash it, and then sell it. Yeah, well, I'll take a bath with it and then sell the bath water <laughs> no. too. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a mustache hair, dude. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Oh. And it, yeah, I'll just pluck one and throw it in every order. For every order. That but, sounds um, miserable. Garrett, uh, how did you go from buying uh, what was it, fifty Edgar Sherman slings, uh, to to working at Lead? So I, um, <clears throat> my full time day job is. Don't get too specific, involved. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. I got to be careful about what I say. Um, yeah. 
So I'm still under the almighty umbrella of the ATF um, with what I deal with, you know, most of my waking time. Um, it's a great job. You know, the company is what it is, a lot of good benefits and stuff, but it's just soulless. He doesn't um, work for the ATF. And, I want to that clear. Right. No, right. I don't work for the ATF. I just, <laughs> I just work for another. The you, know, you work for somebody who is regulated the by team. the ATF. The T. Absolutely. Oh. Um, so I have, you know, two different avenues I can bitch about them. But um, you have you know, a tapestry just going back and hanging forth on your mod, wall. I'm pretty sure I can guess what. <laughs> I mean, if you if you want to. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No one can see it though, so you can say whatever you. Want. I can't see it. No, <laughs> no, no. No. Yeah. no, I just meant the fact, like, because when I used to have a tapestry hanging on my wall, my my now wife used to make fun of me because she thought I was a huge pothead. I just thought it was. No, practical. that's not a pothead tapestry. But a is tapestry, it? some would argue, is is like a pothead thing. He he doesn't think that. His wife thinks that. He's just no, no. Clear. My wife, wife my wife used to make that argument. Stuff. I had a really cool tapestry with elephants. She's convinced. You. That's all yeah. she talks about. <laughs> I mean, I'm in my wife's office, so I'll blame her. <laughs> oh, so that's her <laughs> tapestry. This is yeah. Oh, I'll yeah, tell you wifey. Oh. I'm gonna show this to my wife, and I'm gonna be like, "See, this is what. This is why you should have let me be me." <laughs> my tapestry. Yeah. Anyway. People are gonna be so confused. Like, Sorry to derail that. You were on a roll, and I was like, <laughs> "No, you're good." So, like, I dealt with, I dealt with the company a lot. You know, just from gun deals and being like, "Oh, these guys always have the best prices." Like, I can talk to them like they're you know normal people. Where you know, I'm not someone that I would rather spend a little bit more than buy something from like a PSA or a Brownells and just goes to kind of you know the void. And where I'm like, okay, cool. I'm happier to give them odd money. Um, and so we kind of formed a relationship on the internet, like every good love story starts. Mm-hmm. And then it just got, you know, a little more involved from there. If you started coming at me with, you know, design questions or what you would like to see. And we started talking more about just kind of, you know, trajectory of the company and how we wanted to take it. Um, and I've been at my current job for 10 years where I'm like, I don't love this. You know, it's a job, but I want to do something I enjoy doing. So I was like, look, when you're ready, you know, take me away from them. And it's been what Take maybe like nine months heart. or so now. Yeah, yeah. Of you know, just Enough slowly taking one foot out of the other side. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Hey there, everybody. We hope you're enjoying the episode. If you do like what we're about and want to support us, our Patreon is a fantastic way to do so. It allows us to improve the podcast in many ways and helps fund our alcoholic coffee beverage stash to assist on those late night recording sessions. Now you may be thinking. This podcast has me absolutely smitten, and I would love nothing more than to throw money at you. But what's in it for me? Well, I'm glad you asked. When you become a patron, you automatically get access to an exclusive collection of clips from the podcast, not heard anywhere else. On top of that, we have a wide range of tiers available that will get you merch, discount codes, and even free gear delivered to you monthly. For any patrons currently listening to this, we are super thankful for your support and for keeping the dream alive that one day I will be able to meet Andrew and make sweet, sweet podcast magic with him in person. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash a better way to a in the episode notes for the podcast or on the link in our Instagram bio. All right. Now that's all for that. Back to the show. Right. Yeah. So um, let us we just let took a break back. right there for a second. The monster doo doo. And now we're back. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even leave the camera. Did you shit your pants? I just, I just <laughs> stared intently into the lens that your guys' mustaches, all three of you. And just <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. We've all got facial hair except for you. Awesome. Why do you like to be so different, Amat? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I just... no, Is no, that a statement? It's... Not having facial hair? 
you taking a stand? It's because because uh, I think I'm better than you guys. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, the yeah. truth comes out. Yeah, the truth comes out. Well, you definitely work a little harder. Yeah, nah, you've got true. books behind you. You're the only one who looks like his life is together in this. Again, this I'm doing this all for right. my cousins. This isn't, this isn't <laughs> even my I'm in my them. basement. It's the only place my wife will let me do this. Uh, <laughs> this was a Christmas present from my sister that I don't talk to anymore. That's adorable. <laughs> now we're getting into the tea. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for for those who who are just tuning in, um. Not just tuning in. We're just getting. Just click in the middle of the podcast. Like this is <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Sometimes it's, let, it's, let me tune it's, to this real quick. Skip the ads. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, you were just talking about like going on uh like politics and whatnot without getting too specific, but yeah. Do you feel like so th- we're living in a weird time right now, like with yeah. with influencers and and gun pages and pretty much just like any page once it gets to a certain size. Yeah, the uh, shit comes out. Exactly. Do you feel pressure at all to weigh in on politics and drama as you become more popular, or do you just want to be like devoid of that altogether? Nah, I don't. Because look, man, my uh, existence is po- is is political to many powerful groups, right? Um, as as generic and blatant as that sounds, as as shitty as that sounds, but like uh, a lot of my life has been politics. I've been doxxed numerous times uh, as I sat and spent time in politics in undergrad. Um, I was doxxed out of, uh, you know, numerous employment opportunities, especially during law school. Uh, I had uh, uh, this awesome, uh, you know, offer lined up at a big law institution that was willing to pay me a lot of money to do a lot of transactional work. I had an excellent resume. And last minute through the hiring process, they told me pretty blatantly, hey, it's, you know, uh, we we saw that you were uh, doxxed publicly uh, because you took a pretty strong stance uh, on, uh, you know, human rights in favor of Palestinians. Uh, and frankly speaking, we are a law firm. Uh, that's and what we, did it. That's what did it. Um, I, I, have I thought a, it was going to be way worse than that. No, yeah, no, or, I, I ooh, that, that's that, like, yeah, I have, I have a group that doxed me because I, uh, uh, sponsored legislation, uh, in Ohio state's, um, uh, undergraduate student government that would, uh, divest from multiple institutions that would profit off of human rights violations. Uh, oh my God! In the student how, government, one, bad yeah, can that one, get? Like, yeah. and that—that's how pervasive. Uh, and not to get into super politics here with you no, guys, because no, obviously, I mean, like, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, yeah. you know, yeah. But but like, and realistically, look, I have to represent a company. These are my personal opinions, not necessarily lead and steels, right? Um, but uh, you know, that particular instance—that's not like can, that's a bad opinion, though. That's like, no, it's not. But but it's not like you're like, oh, this kind of this group of people, yeah. I think, are less than that group of people. Like yeah, that's no, no, no. It's and this was it, it was one out of twenty-four uh, nations and institutions that we were divesting from uh, that um, you know ha- ha- went so far as to contact uh, Ohio State, not the school, the state legislators to press to pressure uh ohio state's dean uh and uh you know the head of the you know undergraduate student government say that although this legislation passed to divest from these effectively human rights violators um we're going to unwind it and fuck you that's why uh and it's all about the bottom line and donors uh, and this happened to be uh, a very influential um uh you know institution it's, it's the the, the pro israel lobby uh, and obviously, because I'm a Palestinian and I was tackling Palestinian human rights uh, and violations of human rights, war crimes, crimes against humanity, 
I was targeted and doxxed for it. And as a result, I lost employment opportunities. Um, and it was a lot of what I studied in law school uh, from a formal perspective. International law really is like this squishy t- concept. It's not like this, like, you know, hard and fast thing. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. you know, it's it being able to classify, um, you know, an apartheid regime for what it is from a legal perspective is good. The downside is that you say it publicly and you will be shamed for it. Yeah. Um, whether there are accusations of, you know, uh, you know, intolerance, racism, whatever. Bro, uh, I know a whole bunch of leftists at the beginning of this podcast who were like, oh, this dude's a lawyer. Fuck this guy. And now they're like, yeah. oh, man, my head's spinning. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> well, it's just one of those things like I can talk so much shit about Nazis and I do. Yeah. But the minute I that I'm so. like, perhaps Israel should not engage in apartheid sort of behavior, people are like, yeah. what are you, an anti-Semite? What are yeah, you it's, 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 it's particularly <laughs> insulting to like the numerous uh, Jewish groups that are doing it, everything in their power yes. to uphold human rights. And they are constantly getting belittled and silenced over and over again. I don't mean to take this podcast into... You know, this, Bro, this is oh, Rantville, this is, USA, population yeah. four. We do this yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're but, in the uh, right place for this. Yeah, bro, it's it's disheartening. But I will say, um, the you know, I had I had some issues. I didn't have any issues really, but like the, I have issues with the law in general, right? And with like the the you know the the culture of of law and all that stuff. But you know, when I when I was in law school, I will say, um, you know, it was it was very refreshing. Uh, to see so many like new hot takes of how things you know are are being played out now because you know realistically speaking everyone and their mother has a cell phone now even when they're you know uh, uh, in you know disfavored positions uh, or or positions of oppression um, and you know, you know the stuff is getting recorded it's being posted on Twitter and Instagram and all this other stuff and so people whether they like it or not are now getting spattered with. Um, you know, these human rights violations that are occurring under, you know, numerous apartheid regimes. And so it's very hard to stick to, uh, it's becoming more and more difficult to stick to the position of the oppressor when the evidence is blatantly in front of you. Uh, And it was more so apparent when I went to the law school because I was like the tokenized like Palestinian. I was like one of like, you know, two brown people that graduated from our class. (laughs) (laughs) Like 100, you know what I mean? Excuse me, specifically, you know, uh, Middle Eastern kids. Bro, Uh, talking about uh, technology and how like influential it's been to to the quote unquote struggle, if you will. Yeah. Uh, short little anecdote. I'm I'm Jewish. I was raised Jewish. I'm not like practicing Jew or anything like that. But like, um, prideful in his Judaism. He's not religious, but he spent two years on a kibbutz in Israel when he was young. And when I was younger, this dude used to sell us. If I wasn't, if I didn't have, I'd be in Israel killing Palestinians would say that kind of shit to me woof dude yeah and 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 i'd be like at the time i'd be like i was like 13 12 whatever and i was like oh i don't yeah i don't know maybe palestinian bad whatever like you know i I don't know as as a 13 year old kid and then as i got a not even like that much older this wasn't like a recent thing and started seeing videos come out of like israeli soldiers like beating on women and like evicting families from their homes and shit like that like stuff that's just like blatant like rights violations yeah i remember showing like as an example was i should say of like a zionist of like Mm -hmm. versus versus just a jew you know and like there's a big difference and you can be anti-zionist and not be anti-semitic of course and he was like yeah no israel's got a right to be there yada 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 like these they gaza strip is like israel israeli territory like 
the Palestinians are the are the antagonists, yada yada yada, all this stuff. I'm like, you've lived in Connecticut for how long? Like, what if New York was just like, nah, fuck you. Like, this is ours now, and not even just New York, what like another country, you know? Like, just was like, hey, no, fuck you. This is ours now. You'd be a little pissed, right? And he would always take it out of context until I started showing him videos. This was like over the last year. I started showing him videos of the Ukraine war mm-hmm. and people's the homes terrible. being like bombed and shit like that. And he's like, that's fucked up. And then showing him pictures of like Palestinian families getting evicted from their homes and their homes being destroyed. I think oh, last year they had that big like uh, they were destroying a whole bunch of homes to like re renovate an area or whatever. Yeah. For another um, legal settlement. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and I was like, that's fucked up, isn't it? I didn't tell him it was Israel and Palestine. He's like, that's fucked up. I was like, that's Israel and Palestine. He's like, no. <laughs> and I was you like, got him. You fucking whoa, got whoa, him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, it was, <laughs> you set him up. You set him it up. Was, you I, him I saw the synapses yeah. firing, and, and I don't know. It wasn't like. That's hilarious. It wasn't a groundbreaking thing yet. He isn't like a whole, you know, we, it's kind of a topic we just avoid now, unfortunately. But, well, but that's, I mean, look, realistically, man, like you can't. Um, like we, we can, you know, obviously point to those examples, uh, certainly on, on either side. And it's, this is the, the downside of the cyclical violence and, and the generational refugeehood and what it creates, you know, um, like the other day I, I saw, um, you know, uh, an Israeli medic, uh, that got killed by uh, rocket fire. Right. And then immediately after that, the next story was a two year old Palestinian kid, um, that was, uh, ventilated and killed. Um, you know, through the windshield of a car yeah. when you know, an Israeli soldier, like, you know, you know, just opened up on, him, um, uh, opened up on the car. Um, and so like you see that stuff and it's like, how, how could you not engage and continue in the cycle of violence? If you see, absolutely, um, you know, the, the shit like this happen. And obviously this is asymmetric. Obviously, yes. you know, it's very, uh, you know, very blatant to see like where the, where the, where the cards are held. And you can say the- that without like both sides in it. Exactly, you know, like, because the whole both sides argument, I think, is bullshit, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it started and, somewhere. Yeah, exactly, and like, and it just—it's very easy to make it be like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, ah, you know, it's just, it's a conflict. Don't worry about it. Oh, I fucking hate each other. But, but you could—you could certainly imagine how, like, living there and just being like steeped in it, how you could like just not have that perspective that we have looking yeah. at it from over here. Yeah. Yeah, you're living in it. It's your life that is affected yeah. every day. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. I mean, if, if every day you're being humiliated and your rights are being stripped of you and, you know, like you see family members and loved ones being humiliated and, and killed and what have you, yes, it will certainly shift your perspective. Um, and and so, but at the same time, like what, what always gives me hope is, is seeing people who are like, for example, protesting in Israel, right, uh, who are saying things like, you know, this is like, we, we, we have to do better than this. You know what I mean? Um, you know, this is, uh, this isn't, this isn't who we are. Uh, and this is a misrepresentation, especially of our faith. How are we supposed to face God? Right. And like that, that makes me so heartwarmingly happy because it's like, you know, it's, it, you know, it's has to start somewhere obviously. And it, and it doesn't, uh, and it doesn't just fall on Israelis. It also falls on Palestinians. Right. Uh, not to keep giving the same both sides argument, but like, really. no, I well, that's not, but that's not really a both sides argument. You're not saying like both sides are guilty and both sides are just as bad, Mm -hmm. but, but just that it's like, you know, when you're in a cyclical situation, it has to stop somewhere. And yeah, it's, I don't know. It is, it is, it is a, it's a shitty, it's like left versus right here. You know, it's, it's somebody lobs an insult at the other person. And then that person is now in the defensive and has to lob something back and it never stops. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a good, uh, good correlate and parallel there 
But yeah, anyhow, there's a there's a small. <laughs> there's usually one yeah. rant that we go on like per episode at least. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that was pretty. That was way deeper, and I, I would say like more more important than most most <laughs> rants that Andrew and I get into. Um, yeah. Let's talk. But, let's uh, talk about optics again. Yeah. <laughs> well, hold on. So, so you, you guys are making. Hold on, Andrew. Shut up. Shut up, Andrew. Shut up. So you guys, you guys. Have, I'm sorry, dude. No, you're good. You're good. So it sounds like you guys have gone from a like a wholesaler mm-hmm. to now you've got all these irons in the fire. Yeah, and you've got the LP one, which has been a big success, and you've got the plans for an American made one. Mm-hmm. A rifle, mm-hmm. uh, pistol dot. Like, where do you see lead and steel scaling to? Do you have like an end goal, or are you just gonna sky's the limit, see what you can get, get your it's hands? It's gonna into? sound very kleptomaniac and narcissistic, but total market dominance. Right? I like it. <laughs> I, I like I, it. I say this because you know we have uh, brilliant talent. We have the right intentions. Uh, we have the right you know uh, direction uh, and ethos. Uh, and you know, people are just sick of the industry's bullshit. And, um, and the big thing that drives us is that whenever we get into a space, like, you know, the big thing on our website, right? Like our little tagline is rebelliously innovative, right? Which to an extent is Promethean in nature. Hence the name. Yeah. Oh, that's so and, cool. Uh, yeah. I made this shit up, which you guys think pretty, pretty good. Huh? <laughs> that's dope. That's dope. <laughs> made that shit up on the fly, on the toilet when Drew asked me. <laughs> that's where the best thinking happens, man. Right? Yeah. Um, but no, really, uh, you know, that's, that's our thing. And so in order to do that, obviously, you know, it's not just entering a market for the sake of entering it. We're doing so to be innovative. And so we have firearms, optics and nylon. Um, we have some of the best engineers, material scientists and designers in the small arms space. And although it doesn't make the most money, I can confidently say we have the best goddamn carbine to come to market, right? We have the most bomb proof gas system. We have the best barrel, Right, we have individually proof tested bolt with the best plating technology. Right, they're sexy ass rifles because they're all anodized and not Cerakote, and they come to market super super affordable compared to like you know your you know BCM or Daniel Defense or whatever the heck. Uh, and so we do all that with lifetime warranties. Same thing with the optics. Right, we check as many boxes as possible. We don't just enter a market for the sake of being a cheap rebrander or just you know competing only on price. Anyone who does that is not making a name for themselves. Right, they're not they're not they don't have the larger goals here. Uh, and then, you know, entering nylon, for example, the guy we have, my chief design officer that's doing nylon. Okay. The guy ran one of the largest uh, nylon uh, companies and effectively scaled them. And it wasn't until they like effectively mistreated him that he leave. And so like, you know, he has all the cards, right? And like, we look at an institution like that, that's currently making, that's currently like an eight figure company in this industry. I'm not going to name drop here, but they're, they're an eight figure brand, right? Um, but their operation is ran like a circus of monkeys. Right. And so like you see that and I'm like, okay, they they threw out the best talent the industry's ever seen. They did so in an insulting manner. Right. They are barely running along just making money off of hype beast merch drops. And this is the gold standard. Of course I'm gonna dominate that corner of the industry and I'm gonna take it for ourselves. Right. And so it's like, yeah, we have all of the talent, all of the sourcing, all the manufacturing capability. Nothing is stopping us to just go for their throats and call it a day. 
right? And so that's 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 what this is. Is as long, I'm, I'm sorry for using such violent terminology, especially no, being the Palestinian. I love here. it, dude. I love the, <laughs> oh, the but, savage Palestinians coming out. Yeah, I know, right? But but fuck them. Business is war, right? And so like this is this is. What I like we're the passion, man. That's fucking right? awesome. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate it. But like that, we have we have that we have that in the small arms. We have that in the optics. We have that in the nylon. Right. Uh, and so nothing is stopping us from beating some of these larger players, not at their own game, but making the rules ourselves uh, and showing them and telling them that, hey, listen, you buy from six hour if you want. Get your cheap rebranded, whatever the hell has SIG on it. Cool. Right. You want something that has some innovation behind it, that has some thought behind it, that has some passion behind it, uh, that has a better guarantee. Come to us. Right. Have your cake and eat it, too. Um, and so that's that's really what lead and steel is about. And the most important thing I, I would say above all is that if you buy into lead and steel, and this is something that I will have to give credit to Garrett for the most, okay? Because the man has been my best gut check throughout the entire process. Because we are constantly being pulled in multiple directions by multiple influencers and internal forces. But Garrett is my moral compass, right? The most important thing for lead and steel is the fact that we advocate for the Second Amendment as a concept. For all, right? Um, and I say this, uh, you know, with a period at the end of that statement. No ifs, ands, or buts. Yeah, right? yeah, man. Um, and so that's that's our thing, right? Is that is there 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 are no asterisks here, right? And so the point is, you don't buy into lead and steel expecting to buy into a complex. You don't buy into our nylon. Okay, they have the plate carrier. That means I got to be the tough guy, and I got to get this, and I got to be the recce. And the no, none of that shit, right? Right. We're not expecting you to have, you know, a particular complex or vote in a certain way or live your life in a certain way. We just ask that if you support the Second Amendment, uh, you do so without the concept of exclusionary principles that will, you know, you know, dissect and cut apart. Oh, yeah. Right. And that's that's who we are. Right. And so Lead and Steel really is trying to make sure that the industry knows that we are a manufacturer that is intending to dominate every aspect of the industry to do so quickly and thoroughly in overcoming those aspects of the industry with the intention and the ethos of knowing that, you know, people can join in and not have to feel like they have to adopt a particular set of, of, of you know, um, ideas or opinions uh, in doing so. Lead and seal is what you bring to it. Is what you, is, it is what, what, what you bring to it, really. That's all. Um, and so, right. yeah, without, you know, monologuing like a populist uh <laughs> thanks garrett for you know keeping us uh, on track with that stuff because we, still, <laughs> we constantly get podcast requests and like youtube collabs and, and social media collabs and stuff like that and you know we have to go back and forth like you know not to just name drop dudes but like we had like some uh you know suggestions of of you know collaborating with um you know some of the terran tactical uh types or whatever and you know i saw that and i was like nah. <laughs> yeah i don't you know we try not to talk shit but there's definitely there's people out there that that it's like yeah. i don't want i don't want that on me you know yeah dude, no. i'm so out of the loop with a lot of the social stuff like you, you know i'm i'm in the loop with i would say this stuff with like in range and and ke arms and stuff like that just yeah, because yeah, we're yeah. tight with them but like sometimes i'm i'm kind of i feel <laughs> almost lucky that i'm so i'm so like internet You're not drama all the time, you know no yeah. dude this guy will send me a youtube video that's like an hour and a half long he'll be like bro do you do you ever watch this video growing up like did you ever watch this video i'm like it's an hour and a half long why would i ever watch this video like it's so fucking long not to mention he reads so many books but anyway i'm uh <laughs> i 
I'm like, there's there's so much drama in every corner of the internet, especially in in like the gun industry that mm-hmm. you know, like we're our, we're going to Shot Show next year. Oh, we're gonna be there, boys. Fuck yeah! Hell yeah! Meet up. <laughs> hell yeah! You got a you got a home you got a home base booth if you need it. You know. What oh I mean? hell yeah! Oh, you're you setting up. Ass, but yeah, bro, we got a whole ass peninsula. We're right in front of the food court too. Get your chicken oh, tendies. Fuck. Yes. Fuck around. <laughs> oh, we'll definitely we'll definitely come by. I, I think we'll be lucky if we have t-shirts. But well, <laughs> no, dude, I was looking at like setting up like a small like ten by ten or something, and I was like, ah, I don't think but we're there so, yet. It's, it's still cost prohibitive. You have to go is, in there knowing exactly what it is that you want to extract out of your 10, 20, 30 grand you're putting in. Exactly. And I was like, dude, not even going in, like going in and just, cause it's not just the space. Like you got to get all your shit there. You got to pay for room and board food. You got to pay for whoever you want to be there with you. Like it's, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I was like, nah, we're just going to go and walk around and chat people up. That's cool. Yeah. Maybe we'll do an episode while we're there. That's the best. Unless you have a, unless you're trying to bring journalists that come, you know, film product that you're bringing out, right. Or connect with suppliers that are going to help you with your plating or machining or whatever. Don't spend a dime. Just pull up. You know, have all your boys roll deep, get all your fucking merch. Everyone will come talk. I'm going to have at least one boy. Well, you got us, homie. Oh, <laughs> yeah, hell, well, right. yeah, I'm not going to throw shirts oh, on so you guys. I'm going to make... steal shirt and put on a... Oh, <laughs> fuck <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I'm bringing shirts. I'm bringing shirts for everybody. <laughs> We're all going to roll up with my all my homies hate the ATF shirts. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> cool. We do, though. <laughs> we do. We yes, do. we do. <laughs> So that's all. Yeah, I almost felt bad for him at shot last year because it was like right as soon as they announced the brace. I yes. heard about that. <laughs> I remember that? And these folks are standing there like, you know more than I do. Like we read their shit on the plane. We have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I yeah, will never uh, feel bad for the ATF, and I don't feel bad for anyone who decides one day to join the ATF as an agent or whatever. But I, it's got to be awkward to go to like the premier firearms showcase event right after something like that and be like the two people that they chose to run the booth legit like, they know? <laughs> like yeah. how'd you fuck up so bad to end up here yeah <laughs> like did their superior- no the worst thing was right next to them right next to them was a table of like the tax division of the atf so like not even the actual atf and people are lying up there to yell at them and they're like no you want these guys over here like, <laughs> <laughs> no you're all getting the smoke they did it they did it that's yeah. so funny it was oh, the tax a- guys are just like, why are they even there? Yeah, no, nah, it was a little. It was I don't know, but I got a cool sticker from them that's like ATF Tax Division. And I'm like, nice. Yeah, this would be good to to uh, to cover up a, a a a hole on my target. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, man, it was it was a pain in the butt because the Arc project was supposed to launch that week. Um, we were tooled up. I mean, as a small business, I know every dollar counts, obviously. But I have, I have like maybe 150 grand worth of like 12.5, uh, you know, uh, product ecosystem built out. And then that day we launched, they ban it, and I'm like, oh, so how do we pivot? You know, yeah, that sucks, dude. <laughs> it's it's terrible because like manufacturing anytime is long, man. I can't just pull up to the blank manufacturer and be like, hey, give me all this shit right now. You know, like I. We had to liquidate our operating expenses for this for this 13.9, 14.5, 16-inch ARC project. And then we're doing a formal relaunch as if the ARC never launched, right? And we have the 12.5s just trying to liquidate. Right? Wow. Because we, we got to, yeah, it's it's tough, man. Like, I could have brought I could have brought stuff to market sooner. I could have brought my SR25 project to market now if I wanted to. But it has to be delayed because of, because of this garbage. Because the ATF right? likes to kill businesses. Oh, I like to waste money and kill businesses. That's why. 100%. I was talking about this on, on a podcast the other day. Like these guys, like they operate 
with pretext, which is just basically legal bullshit. That's like a legal term for bullshit, right? They, they, they operate on a pretextual basis. It's like, let's, let's ban as many guns as possible with the thinnest legal justification that we can put together sloppily uh, and uh, just send it and just operate with, like, gall and nerve. Yeah, create the most waves possible, and whatever ships you, whatever small boats you swamp in the process is a, is a success. Yep, exactly right. Sometimes I make a great metaphor, and I have to give myself like a little mental pat on the back because <laughs> so many of my metaphors are shit. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I didn't see you take a note of it though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. I didn't take a note. That one's gone. It's in the That's ether. That's a mental note. <laughs> yeah, he's not gonna forget that. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about thing. the ATF. Got me fired up. Feel the, yeah, uh, feel I, the heat man. In my chest. I've got images of Waco flying through my mind right now. <laughs> but I, why is it that whenever we talk about the ATF sucking at Waco, somebody's got to bring up that David Koresh was a piece of shit like nobody knew? Yeah, like we all knew this, bro. But yeah, like, you know what? Why are we why are we justifying burning alive children yeah. because this asshole was like, you know what I mean? Like this year, yeah, we like, posted the the Waco anniversary thing, and they were like, they burn their children alive themselves <laughs> to to like flood out the ATF agents or something like that. I'm like, do you hear yourself right that's now? That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy talk. And like, you know, when somebody is like murdered, right? Like, you don't, you're not like, well, did he hang out with weirdos? Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah. Uh, well, I mean, people maybe... did that. With uh, well, with everyone that's ever died. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah that's George a good Floyd. point. Actually, they do oh, do that all the time, don't they? How many people? Fuck me, right? Yeah. God forbid I ever get murked and people look into my history. They're you know, fucking mustache. Well, yeah, fucking mustache guy. <laughs> he talked to a lot of communists. Oh. <laughs> I gotta stop name dropping him. I'm gonna bleep that out. Well, he's a great guy. He's just got. He's got. He's raised in a different time and has no idea how technology works. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I was born in this time, and I don't know how technology works. So I'll yeah, he'll send me things like he'll be like, "Do you know that there's this cream that stops your like toenails from growing? Did you <laughs> yeah, know this? Like every day on my Donald website. Trump endorsed it. I was like, did Donald Trump actually endorse it? Did you get like a ad with Facebook. Donald Trump's face on it saying it? He's like, well, <laughs> like I mean, yeah, but like yeah. he endorsed it. Yeah. Gotta be careful. Yeah, I'm just like, all right, small. Dude, my my, yeah. my group chats, my little family group chats are always wild. It's always like a bunch of like spam and BS and like, you know, oh my God, did you know that this plane flapped its wings and flew like a bird? Here's the video. And it's like the most garbage AI doctor. And I'm like, <laughs> like there's no way, you know. Uh, dude, I saw a video today. Fucking gruesome. Talk about a hard segue. But like there's a video that just like literally eight hours ago, someone just recorded this in Egypt uh, and near the Red Sea. Uh, and like this resort area where it's like the only spot in Egypt where like Europeans want to visit, right? Because, uh, like, <laughs> you know, it's, like, super uppity and stuff like that. And the waters are super shallow, really nice beach. Bro, this 20-foot tiger shark, like, pulled up and just, like, ripped the guy to shreds. No! What? Yeah. And they got him in on the video. shallows? Yeah, bro, in the shallow, wa- the shallow water. Like, you can see this poor guy is, like, getting thrown and thrashed. And it's, like, out of a Jaws movie. It was, like, some Russian guy. It was the most, the most the saddest shit I've ever seen in my life. And the only thing that, that came to mind was, like, Oh my God, could you imagine dying to a shark attack? But also, could you imagine dying to some like mediocre ass moms yelling, Oh my God, this is so crazy, and video recording you the whole time? Somebody fucking help me. Yeah. uh, I think Jordan's Googling it right now. I I was. You'll find find the video. It's fucking terrifying. It is terrifying. 
Like, I don't, I don't know. want a Joe Rogan rant about wildlife, but God damn, if you were in the water with one of those motherfuckers eating at your side, like, Jesus Christ. Like, Dude, oh I have a, a co-worker of mine who's, like, irrationally scared of sharks, and I guarantee you he's all over this right now. Bro. He's like, see, this is why I don't fuck with the water. <laughs> this is why I don't go to the water. This is why I don't go to the beach. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to victim blame, but, like, are, are, is it, like, clear water at this Bro, beach? It's like, got it's to be. I mean, like, it's... I'm looking right now. How do you, it looks pretty how do you brackish. get snuck up on by a, by a fucking tiger? Bro, shark. you're in their territory. What do you mean? How do you get snuck well, you up on? If a fish drops into your fucking house you stop it are, do you think no, the fish are going no, was it wait, clear air the wait, fish was in wait, how did the fish get snuck up on, on. Were lying. You were tuna. how did you not swim away through the air bro no, he was saying. in water <laughs> to run around like a looney tune on top of the water and <laughs> i'm saying i'm saying that if it's like clear water and it's shallow you can see the shark coming from a pretty well. Far yeah, I mean, away. you can you can see that. You Have you ever tried it. running in water like up to your waist though? You no, look but like I an can idiot. Swim pretty fast. You moonwalk. You have to like Dude. moon bounce out why of the water. You, you can't moon, you moon bounce away from a tiger you... shark. Just it's go, bro. Get it's, down it was it was just deep enough to a point where the guy's like treading water and his like his head's above water, so it's maybe like seven. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah maybe oh, seven now it makes sense, Andrew. Now it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was he doing before that? Show me, me, show me system? what he, show me what he, he looked like when he was 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did he if he was a cute kid, yeah. then I'm upset about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. If they post but. a picture of him not smiling, then he deserved it. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. But, yeah, dude. Man. It was wild. Like, you see, like, the this, this scale of that thing compared to him and, like, how easily it just, like, manipulates him underwater and just, like, thrashes him around. It's like... God damn! I Dude, never water again. <laughs> the headline of this of this video, by the way, is not just like Egypt, uh, e- like tourist gets bitten by shark. It's terrifying video of tourist being eaten by a shark in Egypt, like whole <laughs> ass Howard. eaten. Well, because okay, tiger sharks are fucking hungry fucking sharks. Okay, so they don't, you know, they're like the fucking garbage cans of the sea. You yeah. will, if you cut open like a like an old tiger shark, you will find some bizarre shit in there. So yeah. like I fully believe you know like most stones in there, bro. <laughs> yeah, most of the time a shark attack is like they come up, they bite you. They're like that's not fish, and they'll fucking yeah, they'll fuck no, off. no, this, yeah, that's legit. But a tiger it, shark, I fully believe that. it swallowed the fucking guy. Bro, there's a there's a part of the video where he comes out of the water upside down. His legs are upside down, and behind him is like a pool of blood that follows him. And this tiger shark is just crushing him around, and you see the size difference, like the dorsal fin. Right in relation to how big, you know, to how tiny I the guy it. is, bro. It's I would not. Here I am, effectively like poor guy, like fucking died yelling for his dad, and here I am just hey everyone, look up this video of this guy there bald. <laughs> I'm gonna Dude. say so for me. I'm gonna say. Jordan, did you just see it? Because you look pretty traumatized. I just, just full screened it. Like it was. <laughs> yeah, and all I hear is oh my god, oh yeah, my god, yeah, like just, over the over the speakers. Let me die in peace. Like I'm already getting bald. <laughs> Like shut the fuck up! I can't imagine you would even hear that at that point because you just hear. Oh God, man! He was—he was literally yelling, "Papa!" He's like, "Papa is a Russian guy. He's young. He's like, oh, that's fucking sad. sad. I didn't hear that. Thankfully, yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't mean to bring that up. No, it's okay. Way to ruin the podcast. (laughs) Be our last episode. We're gonna close the podcast now. We're done. (laughs) The podcast is. <laughs> Dude, are you pro shark or pro swimmer? <laughs> oh man, I'm just saying the shark made some pretty good points.
yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. Uh, bro, the first the first thing I got, like, I didn't get shit for context. I just got a video of water in like the you know like the embarrassed emoji that like you you follow up with like with like uh, the anime dudes go ooh, ooh and they get a little embarrassed like right. You see the red oh, face. Oh my god. The red face emoji. Like, and I was like, what could this be? And I see a dude getting mauled. I'm like, what? oh no! Did you not have told me what was in here? Like before yeah. you just sent this no context video. Sometimes uh, I'm really I'm really afraid of you know I got two I got two sons and they're gonna grow up with the internet and I'm like man what kind of bullshit are they gonna see before they're I 12? will say though the internet now is more tame than when we were kids. It yeah, was when we, were, yeah. when we were kids it was like hey hey son welcome to eat gore flesh not com ogrish ogrish was like the big dude. thing yeah like and I mean, like. I thought, you know, like for me, like what what scarred me was like albino black sheep and like watching uh, salad fingers. <laughs> oh yeah, salad fingers. That's but that's like that's uh, like philosophical emotional scars. You know, that's yeah, like, yeah. That's existential stuff. I still remember. Um, I went to. I somebody was like, "Oh, don't go to Ogres. There's gore there." And I'm like, "Whatever, dude. I'm tough." And I went there, and the first thing on the front cartel, page, cartel, ISIS, cartel. You no, know, it was a, it was a dude that had jumped off a building, and he had landed with the upper half of his body on on the roof of a car, whereas oh, the lower no. half kept falling. And I guess the force of it stretched his torso out, uh, and and it kind of like popped. And I was like, "Well." I'm ruined forever. That's in my brain now. Oh, I still, God. I still remember that picture really poor, vividly. You ever see the, uh, the like the videos where it's like actors pretending that they get shot in the head, and it shows them doing like an overly dramatic headshot type clip, and it's like me who had unrestricted access to the internet as a child, and it shows <laughs> the actual way a person falls and like gets shot in the head, like yeah. the guy doing it himself. Mm-hmm. That's that's like how I remember being. I remember having a desktop in my computer room and sitting watching Ogrish or whatever it was at the time and being like semi nauseated, but also like desensitizing myself to like shitty shit as a kid. Cause I think at that time had a whole bunch of other stuff going on family wise. So it was a way for me to escape or whatever. But I remember watching videos and just getting off and being like, well now I'll go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm going to log that in permanent memory. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, why do I have bad like sleep habits? I, don't, I have zero yeah. idea. Yeah, it's like oh, getting yelled at by my dad kind of sucks, but at least I'm not being like beheaded. So yeah, 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 with a chainsaw. Man, that anyway, wild. Yeah, this is this is gonna be. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I used a, to a wild podcast, bro. Like I'm just... <laughs> dude. This is what happens. Like this is we when we end up having these late night podcasts. Like we're we're on track for probably like two-thirds of it and then and then i it listen it's all natural it's just it's just organic you gotta go with it yeah you want to start talking about videos of of sharks eating people like you know who am i to send stop it. you yeah mm-hmm. exactly all send all the time so i i actually didn't know to get back on topic um i didn't know that you guys were so motivated by creating a like a cool community in in the two A space. And yeah, yeah. I mean, like I, think, I knew that you guys had a subreddit, but yeah, same. Like I, I, I didn't, didn't know you had a subreddit. I like yeah. I'm I'm super garbage, I guess. Like I I just like I I was talking to <laughs> no, Russell and Carl, and I was making show what? notes. <laughs> no, it's 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 all good, Andrew. You have two kids, um, and five dogs, and ducks, um. <laughs> And chickens, I'm sorry. But uh 
No, I have ducks too. I, I, think, I was just <laughs> oh, okay, awesome. I was just talking about this with somebody because somebody mentioned how they were listening. To, I forget what page they were talking about, but they're watching a self-proclaimed conservative gun tuber talk about how he believed that gun rights were for everyone. Essentially, he said what you said, like no mm-hmm. asterisk, period. Gun rights are for everybody, two A's for everyone. And I was thinking how I've heard, even with all the dumb drama and like the ARFCOM shills and, and stuff like that, you know, saying otherwise, I think more than we've ever seen before, we have companies either being founded on that principle or just coming out and feeling like, hey, like we got to say it, you know, because it's people are talking about it or something. And it's super refreshing to hear people say that and you know and i know you guys are a smaller company but i I would say you're you're a larger company obviously than us um but even some of these other ones that are having these like big monolithic opinions you know that that are detrimental to the gun community so it's super cool to hear you guys say that and and say that gun rights are for everybody not that it needs to be said but it's just it's dope and uh you know and well i think a lot of it's coming from you know the manufacturer space where you know more often than then I like to admit, I hear people saying like, you know, I don't want to support this company for one reason or another, but I don't have a fucking choice. So I, you know, I'd like to see it be of, you know, who can I feel good about giving my money to? And yeah, that's where we want to come in on it. Uh, you know, whether or not you necessarily yeah. agree with, you know, Ahmad and I have different politics for each other, but we still align on the, you know, we don't think anybody's better than anybody else. Imagine and that. If, yeah, if you can just be as simple as, you know, treat others how you want to be treated, all of a sudden more doors open up and it's not even having to be disingenuous or go out of your way for it. It's just not being an asshole. And the space is full of manufacturers that for one reason or another, whether it's through, you know, just silence or overt actions, they're assholes. Mm-hmm. Like it's intentionally done for some reason. Yeah, it's... Yeah. When it's uh, possible the sales pitch, you know. Go ahead, Andrew. Sorry. Oh no, you're good. I was just saying when uh when Brownell started um liquidating the what would Stoner do rifles, they used a, a coupon, a triggered triggered coupon. The coupon code was triggered, and it's like, it's like you could have been like, okay, we don't align with everything that they're doing, so we're just gonna quietly kind of divest from this. Uh, but that's not what they chose to do. Um, uh, they chose to be like sly about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just don't, I just think it, it, you know, I think it, I'm it, professional it, as fuck, man. You know what I mean? Like you see that and it's like, and I, it's hard for me cause I'm on a podcast and I'm dropping the F bomb left and right as a CEO. <laughs> like, <clears throat> like you no, see something good. like that. It just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Like, okay, let's say I agree with you. Let's say I agree or I disagree with your politics. None of that shit should matter at the end of the day. Like have, have a little bit of you know, have a little bit of class, class dignity in the stuff that you do. Like you're such a large corporation. I can get away with being a petty asshole, right? But if I have so many people that uh, I employ uh, and I have, you know, so many connections and partners in the industry, the least I could do is show a little bit of class and right. saying, Hey, yeah, you know, take it easy. I don't want to talk uh, details. We're no longer partnered with this company. Goodbye. Right. It's not hard. Yeah. But like to go out yeah. of your way to be like, no, this will be a good idea. It's like, uh, how short-sighted is your marketing team? 
You know, like this will come back to bite you in the ass in some way, shape or form. Well, it's like all these dog whistles that we're seeing come out now. These these big companies doing not saying overt things, but like, uh, what was it? Smith and Wesson had that. They posted that picture of the shirt. That yeah, had the, the exact the Proud Boys like kind of like logo or uh, font as the Proud Boys stuff. Like even if you're not trying to say that, you're a multi million dollar corporation. You should have somebody on your marketing team who's like, maybe we shouldn't do it like this because people are going to take yeah. it that way. So you yeah. have to assume that they're doing that on purpose. Which sucks that you have to assume, but like, dude, you, you get no benefit of the doubt when yeah. you know, you've got 300 people working in that area of, of your company alone or whatever. But mm-hmm. well, and mm-hmm. no, I've seen a lot of Rhodesian breaststroke now, and it's like, yeah, this tracks. We've got yeah. we've got our own uh, we we've got a little story about Rhodesian breaststroke too. We've it's a cool it. pattern, but like I know I wish I it was Yeah. When we were first starting this out, I was like, I I was one of the people, and this is why I give p- most people the benefit of the doubt when I see them wearing Rhodesian breaststroke because. I, I don't think that uh, if you're not a terminally online person that you're necessarily up in the know about like the, yeah. the the drama surrounding it. Even you know if you're if you know history and whatnot, there's there's what I'm there's saying is I, I had you, they don't know that Rhodesia became Zimbabwe. You know yeah. they think that these are two or separate they don't know how or like the little sublets of the conflict and and things like that. You know, yeah. I remember when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, it was like a communist versus capitalist thing. Like that's that's cool. Like that is what it is. You know, obviously I've I've learned a lot and changed my views. I would say over the years, but I remember being like, hey, there's nothing like wrong with rock and Rhodesian brushstroke. I mean, you know, unless you're unless you're a communist, you, might, <laughs> you have something against it. <laughs> but then I learned, like you know, the racial uh, undertones and overtones and all right. that fun stuff. And I was like, That's I was like, oh, secondary, that... though. yeah, yeah. But I was like, I even went so far as to be like, no, we're gonna sell like Rhodesian brushstroke stuff, but with like inclusive messaging on it to try to like bring it back yeah. a little bit. He was like, he was like in it... Zimbabwe camo, and yeah. it it was not enough for people. People were like, it was I don't, not. I don't and I like got it. Camo. I totally get it. Like I understand why. But I was like, dude, yeah. I, I like. My logic was more atrocities have been committed with multicam than yep. Rhodesian brushstroke, uh, you know, especially in like the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, like flex tar. nothing bad could be associated with flex tar. No, <laughs> that was a good era. Don't wear gray though. Don't wear German gray uniforms. Yeah, Carl was talking about being uh, a little embarrassed to, to be wearing a Russian Gorka. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, man, I, I wish it wasn't this way, but I do get it. And at some point, it's not worth it, right? So at some point, um, you know, he he was just like, okay, forget the forget the the Rhodesian breaststroke. We can yeah, we can live same. without that's, it. That's yeah, that's exactly what I did. I was like, ah, it's not worth it. Like the juice is not worth the squeeze. I'm not making some like multicultural shift here because I'm deciding to sell stickers with Rhodesian breaststroke. <laughs> We're taking it back. We're taking yeah. back the breaststroke. Yeah, that reminds me of that scene from. Yeah. Frogs, dope. Like, uh, oh no, I'm thinking of French lizard. I'm sorry. French lizard is good. What's the, what's the yeah. Czech one? I like that one. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big sucker. I'm, I'm, a, I'm basic when it comes to the camels. I'm a big sucker for DNC. Uh, <laughs> yeah, people like yeah. that one. Yeah, because yeah. that one just looks cool. Like, it I don't slaps. know how useful it is, but it's just like it's probably not yeah, useful like at it. all. It just, it just feels yeah. Call of Duty. You know it what does, I mean? It does. It does. When I was like, I'm, I'm not really. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right in the, right in the, corner, <laughs> the hell is real signs. You know, <laughs> I, I seriously like, you know, one of the things that we want to get into is getting into like more apparel and stuff, but like, you know, our own brand and stuff made apparel and, um, DNC is like one of the first patterns that I want to make something into. And and I hate to go down that rabbit hole because I feel like every tactical, like, you know, yeah, operator yeah, brand does that yourself, kind of stuff. Man. But make it for yourself. You know, you want you want to wear that stuff and you don't want to associate it with other people. You just want to associate with your brand. Make it for yourself. You know, other people will want to hop on. For know? sure. For sure. Yeah. Um But yeah, that's uh I I I think I had something I was going to go with right there, but but He's I still thinking about the shark, mm-hmm. dude. The shark fucked me up. That was like that was man. That was a big right when you said, and it was like you were narrating it as I was watching it because you were like, "There's a part where his legs go up in the air and his legs went up in the air," and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> me watching a video of a shark getting eaten while my guests Bro, and my there's podcast. Like a, there's like a follow up video, and I can I can I you know I, most of my most of my friends are Egyptian because like they make up the bulk of the population in the Middle Eastern. In the Middle East, uh, and so like we, you know, we occasionally meme our Egyptian friends. There's like a video uh, afterwards where they found the target, the tiger shark. Shark, they caught it and they killed it, so they could like, you know, obviously like, uh, um, you know, biologists can like, marine biologists can like, uh, you know, uh, study it and what have you. And like, there's this part of the video where it's like this tiger shark just sitting on the sand, and this like Egyptian dude comes in with a stick and just like bock it right on the head. It's like, man, like just booping it on the head with a stick. Fuck you, man. That's for running off the tourists. That's awesome. Anyhow. That was that was a good time. <laughs> well, I think we've <laughs> I think we've run this pretty out much, as as long as we it. can for the most part in the in the best <laughs> way possible. Man, this so I never know how any of this is gonna go like before we get guests on. And mostly we're just hoping that everyone's cool and not, yeah. like I would say a hundred percent of the time. I don't even know why I was gonna say ninety nine. I think that's just like a safe thing that I say. But so far everyone we've had on the show has been super cool. And when we've gone on these crazy rants, they've been super receptive. So we thank you guys. <laughs> I don't know who brought up the shark. I think it was one of you guys. It was, but... was mod. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, but y'all <laughs> passed the vibe check for like, sure. My bad. My bad. Appreciate you. And uh, I'm super pumped to see what you guys have coming out. Um, Thanks, man. I really, yeah. I'm still, I'm still building my rifle, and and you know, after shooting the LP1 with Russell's. Uh, it is a it is a serious contender for for a red dot, if not the I'm, one I'm gonna, I'm gonna go I'm with. I'm gonna get was, the R awake one. Thanks, man. Yeah, Orwick yes. is, is baller. <clears throat> Dude, I've so I've got limited shooting experience with red dots. I was blown away by the and I know this is like you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure battery life on red dots is pretty it's like standard to be pretty dope. Yeah, but, you I mean LED red dots like I mean diodes in general are very low power draw compared to like I was just blown away, dude. I drained the battery on my my LPVO in a day, like less yeah. than a day, just leaving it on. I left yeah, really? yours on for two days without knowing it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, it was just as bright the second day, and I was like, what the fuck? Like I gotta get yeah. one of these. Yeah, it's pretty cool. My brother came up with Orway. We were just on like the shop floor and he was just sitting there like, Yeah, man. Anyhow, let's do this. And I was like, What the f- where did you come up with? Yeah, that's hilarious. so cool. So you, yeah, the dot is always cool. on, but the but the circle is the circle is tied to the accelerometer. Yes, because oh, the circle the circle is the heaviest power draw, and the dot you can leave it on for like five years continuous runtime on like some of the higher settings. Yeah, 
and so uh, obviously you get the benefits of the shake to weight because like the dot is a very small compromise with battery <clears throat> the ring is what you need to shut off but if obviously the accelerometer fails the dot is always there as the redundancy for your you know right. your battle ready aiming point if you will and so yeah a patent application went out for that so you know hopefully we get the utility patent and then we can tell you know all these jackass competitors to fuck off with trying to violate our patent, you know? Yeah, because that's you, that's you an awesome. That is like truly to... innovative. We have uh, we have the pat the patent application was sent, and so we're allowed to market as patent pending. And if anyone, if we're granted the patent, uh, and we have people who are violating the patent from the date of the application being sent out, then we can retroactively go after their profits and their inventory. Uh, and so, yeah, if, uh, if it... rebelliously yeah. innovative. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It pays to have a lawyer on uh, as as the CEO of the company. Yeah, my 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 old business partner actually helped me help me uh, from the get go. Is also a patent attorney, uh, also from Ohio State. So wow. Um, yeah, we get that. We get to flex on people. We got the engineers. We got the lawyers. We got the salesmen. We got the white collar guys. You know, it's awesome. Do you, do you, well, are you like a litigious person, or, or are you just are you keeping it very like strategic? Litigious, no, because it's all public domain, obviously, and so like part of that is like reputational harms that could come from just suing any mother effer. Right. But right. <laughs> most of this, most of the situations, like I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm like narcissistic when it comes to like my email signature so like it, it'll have like a mod and then it'll say esquire and ceo and founder of lead and steel and then they'll because like, <laughs> you, know, you earned all the fucking yeah no for little... sure well i appreciate it but like it does help like i sprinkle in some legal verbiage that's like only talked about in the industry right i'll say things like yeah you know we can play around we add some carve outs to the agreement and then everyone's like yo <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's just you know you know just not try to everyone be chill this guy's a lawyer yeah, I know. it's it's stupid because I'm not the, I'm obviously not a practicing attorney and I, I'm I'm like a, a a guppy compared to like actual practicing attorneys like um you know they're also in the gun industry like James Reeves for example like as a partner at a law firm uh, yeah. and and you know not not to just keep dropping name dropping influencers but like I remember um the guy you know I I messaged him like cold called one day like just messaged him on Reddit and I was like hey man you know I run the shop where we just like sell shit you know like vice box whatever. But like, yo, I ran into this issue where I had like a job lined up and they were like, hey, man, you know, this is a little bit of a little bit of this Palestine thing, a little bit of this gun thing. You know, we don't we don't want you no more. And he's like, bro, in the deep south, no one gives a fuck. Like, just come down here, get a job. And I was like, cool. Thanks, bro. So there's always that, you know, backup. If everything goes to hell, I'll just be like a greasy personal injury attorney, you know. Angry. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. For sure. I don't get paid until you get paid. Like one of those guys. You know? <laughs> oh my God. The Texas hammer is what we have. Yeah, is for you. Yep. So, yeah. Call shout out five, to Texas. Five, 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 five. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Man. Well, dudes, thank you so much for coming on. We uh we do have a small tradition that we have to ask. I guess we could ask both of you. Um, if you had a piece of advice, it doesn't have to be gun related, doesn't have to be shark related or law related, um, to share with the listeners to make their lives better, what would it be? Garrett, go first. I'm still <laughs> looking at the menu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Could be anything. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast you're most likely a fucking weirdo and, and we love it <laughs> i love that you have no idea how much that resonates with me yeah yeah that's awesome 
I like it. Um, Ahmad, you're on the spot. Yeah, dude, this is tough because, um, you know, there's a lot that, that comes to mind, but, you know, I, I want to, you know, have something that's like hopefully impactful for, for just the right person that might be listening at the right time or something. Uh, if I had to say anything, it would probably be um, spend time with yourself uh, before you spend time um, doing anything else. Be sure of who you are. Kind of touch on like Garrett, uh, Garrett's thing. Be sure of who you are before you apply yourself to anything. Uh, otherwise, you'll look back at it and think, hey, man, this was the biggest waste of my time because, you know, I wasn't certain of who I am as a human being to dedicate my, you know, bandwidth and resources to, to something. So not to sound like a fucking gunner, but learn yourself first before learning anybody else. Um, that'd be my, that'd be my take. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome from both of you. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, you thanks, guys. man. I appreciate you guys' time. It was freaking. It was fantastic. It was. It was. A, it was. A, it was a wild ride. <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> thanks, you. thanks for. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. This is. This was a lot of fun. And uh, we, we we try to give people the non-standard podcast experience. Mm-hmm. Well, we try to. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly well we do we i do make uh show notes but uh they were a little thin uh for this episode because just you know my fucking life is insane right now but Yeah, right, <laughs> dude. That's how we want it to be. There's, there's, you know, like, like, uh, like you said, you know, just treat other people the way you want to be treated, and it shouldn't be controversial to say stuff like that, you mm-hmm. know. And I, I know there's a lot of nuance with so many of these topics that, you know, it, there, there's a lot of heat in these arguments from people because of of misunderstanding and things taken out of context and stuff. But if you just default back to that and like, don't be an asshole because of what you think somebody said or what you think somebody did, just treat them like you would want them to treat you in this situation. And you're going to come out on top 10 out of time, 10 out of 10 times. Agreed. I dig it, man. Thank you guys. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. We'll be, uh, we'll are be you guys there. going to brutality next year? Potentially. It'd be nice. If I get a break, the R and D crap. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. Garrett would outshoot me, but I'll just I'll just blame him. It's <laughs> okay, man. Everybody outshoots me, so I'm uh I'm just there to have fun. I'm, I'm very mm. rusty, but I'm I'm really hoping to next year get out there and and, and hit some competitions. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, sure. I listened to you guys last week. And, I mean, the force on force was like mind blowing to me. Where I'm like, holy shit, this sounds like so much fun, dude. It was my I, favorite stage. Uh-huh. It was so much fun. It was the I got the guy in my first shot, so it was way shorter than I wanted it to be. Dude, I it was a it was a I'll say it was a good shot. I was gonna say it was a lucky <laughs> shot. I'll give myself more credit than that. It it was I got him in one shot and it was the fastest round of like that of our squad by far. And I was like, well, that's it. Like <laughs> I just go like kind of wanted a fight. Yeah. Well, then I yeah. had to run across the map to like go get his flag, and I was I'm so fucking out of shape, dude. I'm like running over logs and shit like that, and and like tripping and stuff. And one of the uh, one of the ROs was like, "You don't have to run. You have plenty of time." And I was like, "Oh, thank God!" 
They got... <laughs> Please stop running. You're embarrassing yourself. <laughs> no, I gotta, I gotta go fast. <laughs> I want to go fast. Man, yeah. I played a, I played a fucking laser tag game where there's like cover and you have to like, you know, like dip in and out of cover and get down and crawl around, and that really, man, it was a gut check. Yeah, it was a real, it was a real fucking, uh, you know. It makes me makes me glad that I've been doing. You so get down on like your hands and knees to go crawl under something, and you feel your entire body move, and you're like, "What the <laughs> fuck is that?" Rearrange your inside. You just pull the out. Dude, I got <laughs> up the other day with my with my daughter. I uh, actually no, I wasn't holding her. I just went from a sitting to a standing position, and I made like a bagpipe noise when I got up, and I just <laughs> I just went <laughs> to my wife. I said, "Why did I make that noise? Why did I make that noise?" Like where the fuck did that come from? Where, when I hit thirty two and now I'm going when I'm when I get up, that's not it's, necessary that's, at all. Like Jordan, what the fuck happened? Channeling your cheese so that you can get up safely. Yeah, yeah there's so much chi, I can't get enough of it. <laughs> anyway, we're we're gonna keep you guys here for another two hours, yeah, so we'll yeah, we'll yeah. cut you loose better, now. You better leave or we're gonna find something else to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, thank you again, guys. Thank you for your wisdom, your experience, and most of all, your good looks. Appreciate you. <laughs> we'll see you guys also, around. Take thanks care. for selling me a dope uh, primary arms optic with some 5.56 a couple years ago. <laughs> At least I can do, man. Thanks for yeah. the business. We made like 12 bucks on it. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 No, no, you're welcome. <laughs>